Today has been awesome, girl. This has really been a great day. Um, and uh, I, I, this is such a cool state. I mean, come on, live free or die. I mean, you know, you gotta love that, right? I come, I come from a state, you know, where um, they had this little place called the Alamo and they declared victory or death. You know, we're kind of into those slogans, man. It's like, live free or die, victory or death. Bring it. <laughs> I grew up, I grew up in a farm. I tell people so far out in the country that everybody had their own Tomcat. <laughs> Some of you are not gonna get that, but um, that is a long way away from any neighbors. We call this, in New Hampshire, we call it liquid gold. But you'll put it on your pancakes and waffles or whatever other southern food you eat down in Texas. But this is pure maple syrup from the state of New Hampshire. <laughs> and the second that you, re you referenced this already, we know in Texas you all have a motto down there, don't mess with Texas, which, which actually is pretty darn good, though it's a very close second to the best motto in the country, which is live free or die. And we're gonna give him a hat with that logo on there. Let us know where you land. Governor Perry, uh, thank you very much. And thank you, Rick Perry, for that. From that to this. I'll tell you, it's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> you need five. Oh, five, yeah, okay. So, five. commerce, education, and uh, the... Um, um, uh, EPA? EPA, there you go. No, again. Let's talk, let's talk deposition. Seriously? Um, Is EPA no, the one you were talking about? Or? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the... Um, agencies of government. EPA needs to be rebuilt. But There's you no can't, doubt about that. But you that. can't name the third one? The third agency of government, yeah. I, would, I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce. I, I, commerce, and let's see. I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. <laughs> it's Oops. What, what about the EPA and the... And, and the jobs. I would do away with the jobs. And thank you, Rick Perry, for that. Rick Perry has brain farts, but he also executes innocent people, which is kind of way worse. The Republicans want to bring back torture and don't really care which of them you vote for as long as you're voting to enrich the 1% at the expense of the 99%. Herman Cain touches ladies. And at Penn State, students are rioting against the punishment of a child rapist, while an eyewitness to his crimes doesn't even lose his job. We have missed so much between the last episode of By That I Mean and the present moment. I'm sorry, we have missed? I'm pretty sure I was there talking about all these issues ad nauseum to anybody that would listen. It just wasn't recorded on a platform <laughs> and sent out to... You were like talking to telephone poles, to, to talking to dogs. <laughs> I was talking to anyone that would listen, which included my 10-year-old roommate, I mean, 
mean. This is the by that I, I was, mean podcast. I was, I was doing. And Asia should not be afraid. I was doing of what we've recorded so far. I was doing great on my own, like without. Were you? Recording. I mean, I can't speak to our ones of tens of fans, but I can speak to my. There are scores, Asia. <laughs> I can speak for scores for for you know the people that were listening, and we were all thoroughly entertained by what I had to say. I miss our collaboration. I know your microphone misses me, but... It misses your <laughs> indirect talking <laughs> and my constant <laughs> nagging... Come on, Seth, let's be honest. It adjustment misses, of the microphone. It, it, it misses my DSL. My audix <laughs> misses your DSL. It's true. Asia Coleman, it's been... How long has it been since our last podcast recording? We've seen each other since our last podcast recording, but we didn't record that day. It was October 20th? Wow. In the meantime, I managed all the photographers at a film festival, the AFI Fest, and supervised the taking of over 18,000 photos by in-house photographers, shooting, I think, easily over 100 events and screenings and brunches and lunches and dinners. Nice. What do you do with those photographs after they've been taken? And Everything. I mean, do you like sell them to wireimage.com or like do you? No. Do you? Getty sells some of them, oh, they, okay. but they take their own pictures. They sell those. Oh, so they don't sell your pictures. Ours are in-house. So what do you do with your in-house photos? Put them in publications, uh, put them on the website, send them to PR firms and some press. Well, I mean, did you get to see any of the screenings or go to the, any of the parties? I, or events? I went to a few of the parties, but like, I didn't go to any of the screenings. Oh. How were the parties, at least? Were you working them, or did you get to like go for fun at any of them? Um, I was not working when I was at them, so, yeah. Wow, you're going to be a great interview one day, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be a great interview. It was, yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was, yeah. And then there was... And then there was. No. It was a great second year managing all of the in-house photographers. And I'm proud of what I was able to accomplish. Can we talk about the massive studio remodel that's happened? Or redec redecorating? De-decorating? Whatever it is. Like industrializing? Industrializing. Fair enough. You can at least paint the walls or something, <laughs> like make them a warm, a warm like orangey tone. Orange? Like like a burnt orange or like a raw sienna. Why? Like earth tones, because they look warm. <laughs> I don't want to paint my walls snooky. I don't Asia. want you to paint your walls oompa tan. I want you to paint your walls. <laughs> Earth tones that are warm and like say that you have a special celebrity guest. They're going to want to have hair and makeup and then it looks better in warm tones. Warm tones. <laughs> I don't know. Earth tones. I, don't, I figure if I make it like sound more enticing, you'll be more willing Drawn to into do it. it. Actually, it, it kind of worked. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. No, I'm not going to paint no, my no, walls. No, no, I think you really Earth tones. Come on. No, that doesn't... It would go so well with your curtains. That doesn't go with all the black, though. But it goes with your problem. curtains. And, like, black... No, trust me, it does go with black. No, this if anything, if anything, I would want to paint the acoustic absorbers the same color as the walls. 
You should do something with them because right now they're just foam on a. It, it looks like almost like you're trying to make a padded cell. It is my tiny padded room. No, let me let it's me your face. It's my padded studio. Let me your face. You were trying to make a little padded cell, but you're taking all the joy out of it, you know? And I think some color would just brighten it right up. So it, it could be like... Some dark brown, no, orange color. earth tones. Earth tones. Like, think like desert, moon, <laughs> rain, storm, rainbow after storm, desert, desert, moon, Mojave... Orange, warm tones. Like, think of that. I think I'm just recording a podcast for myself. Now. I think Seth has forgotten how to do this so much that he forgot that that when you do it, you actually need to sit down and stuff like running everywhere. And you don't take a musical interlude break. Is this thing even on? I'm gonna smoke a cigarette. Did you hear that Republicans are still fucked up? I didn't, I didn't know until you just said it just now. I'm as shocked as you are. They had another of approximately 30 bajillion Republican presidential primary debates. What is this, like fifth or sixth now? It's been a lot. I lost count, and I worry that if I accidentally estimate a number higher than what it really is, that they'll plan those extra amount of debates just to spite me personally. Well, I mean... Seth, there's a really easy way to get around the whole Republican debates ad nauseum, you know, and that is just to not watch them. That's what I do. And my life is a lot richer for it, I must say. Herman Cain, he's worked at the restaurant lobbying group, like the people who are lobbyists for the restaurant industry. And during his tenure, the company paid several women to make claims of sexual harassment disappear including one woman who was given a year's salary to leave her job and hush up. And they all signed non-disclosure agreements, but now they're, some of them are coming forward. When they come forward and speak, are there non-disclosure agreements null and void, and do they have to give the money back? Here's the thing. Most non-disclosure agreements aren't really enforceable. Good to know. So, But also, one would presume they've spent that money already. He could probably individually sue them. One of his spokespeople publicly said that women should not bring forth any further sexual harassment claims or talk about them. So basically, shut your mouths and do what you're told. I mean, what is he threatening them with? Touching them some more inappropriately or? Through lawyers. (laughs) Touching them inappropriately. Through lawyers. Via the legal system. Okay. Okay. I got it. See, I never knew how that stuff worked. I just know that it sounds like a great gig It sounds like an amazing gig, actually, to be one of these women who got sexually harassed. I mean, I would love a year's pay to put up with some, like, old janky dude coming on to me inappropriately. And then also being able to out him publicly and humiliate him while he's doing his... I think that's amazing. I would love to do that. Grant, no, don't get me wrong. I I think that's a lesson for the future, really. (laughs) Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. I have an enormous amount of empathy towards these women like who have to put up with this crap in their workforce and it should obviously <laughs> stop. So. It should obviously stop. However, I'm just saying not a bad, you know, it's kind of like reparations almost. Yeah, but I mean, he like tried to force a woman's head down on his junk. On his junk. 
like I said, tremendous amount of empathy for these women. I'm just saying, not you know, not a bad, not a bad gig. But meet a presidential candidate. He also argues in favor of the use of enhanced interrogation, as in waterboarding, which is torture. Here's the thing: Herman Cain is really just a kind of professional lobbyist and a right-wing radio host and like a motivational speaker. He's, you know, what Herman Cain is? He is the personification of our plan for me. Three episodes. Or he like really episodes. is. And you know what? Instead of donated money, we should have gone for the Koch brothers' money. Yeah, Koch brothers. we've mentioned the Koch brothers on previous podcasts. They funded the Tea Party, and now they're pretty much funding Herman Cain. He calls himself a Koch brother from another mother. Yeah, you know, he also calls himself a presidential candidate. Exactly. But <laughs> funny thing, he doesn't actually have a presidential campaign um, or a campaign staff. He has a slogan, though. He has a slogan. And it's not a slogan. It's, no, it's a number. The first thing you got to get is a slogan. Then, you know, then the other things just fall into place. He's got the 999 tax plan, which I don't want to think about, much less talk about. It's pretty much just a plan to give rich people the rest of the money that they haven't already taken through taxpayer-funded bailouts. And also a plan to promote his pizza industry. Is he going to reach for like a pizza in every home as like a campaign slogan? 30 minutes or less. For America. (laughs) Crazy bread for the next $5 purchase. Like, I think we personify him. Is Rick Perry his crazy bread? If Herman Cain won the nomination, do you think he would pick Rick Perry? I don't, um, because of that whole camp incident. With everybody has such a short attendance span. I don't know where this went, but like you know, his dad's camp that had like the sign on it about you know the the N word. I think that he would probably choose like a Mitt Romney or a or a, or, or the Michelle Bachman crazy because they they seem to have similar viewpoints on most subjects. Michelle Bachman wants to bring back waterboarding as well. Yeah. Here's the scary part about Kane's perspective on it, though. And, and this is from the Huffington Post um, from November 12th. Um, Kane said that he would, Herman Kane said that he would rely on the military to decide which techniques were acceptable. He said, I will trust the judgment of our military to determine what is torture and what is not torture. Asked about waterboarding in particular, he replied, I would return to that policy. I don't see it as torture. I see it as an enhanced interrogation technique. Michelle Bachman and Rick Perry agreed with Kane. Yes. Herman Kane sees the role of being the commander in chief as listening to what the military wants him to do rather than being the commander in chief of the armed forces and telling the military what to do. Herman Kane is not a, like, a viable candidate for the presidency. He's just like he's been leading in the he, polls for three weeks straight. He's a puppet. Like all, all, all of the Republican candidates are puppets. All of, basically any candidate is a pu- puppet. And here you hit on the deeper truth, which is that all of these three-week mm. poll-leading candidates have imploded one after the other because. The puppet masters don't realize that their puppets are actually human and have human flaws that are going to actually come out in the media. And they also don't recognize the power of the Internet as a tool to disseminate this stuff. And keeping it hidden is pretty much not an option anymore. 
and Herman Cain is a big part of the right-wing media machine, all that Herman Cain entered the presidential race to do was sell his books. He has a, an AM radio talk show. He's like a, a motivational speaker, and he's trying to sell his books. He does not have a presidential campaign staff. He has a slogan, Seth. Exactly. <laughs> so he's going to implode pretty soon. Um, I'm all, I've already read that Newt Gingrich is starting to rise in the polls, too. So everyone's expecting him to be the next flavor of the half month, three quarters of a month. And who do you think it'll end up being? I'm pretty Mitt positive Romney. it's going to be Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney. Because that's what the money folks want. And somehow they'll try to finesse the fact that he's a windsock. But I think President Obama has already realized that Mitt Romney is going to be the nominee. So they've all, you've already seen like his kind of surrogates and like campaign advisors talk about what a windsock Mitt old Romney. Willard Mitt Romney is. I, I really want it to be Ron Paul because Ron Paul's adorable and I would like to see more of him. I want Ron Paul to bake me cookies. I don't want him to be my president, but I would like him to bake me cookies and like Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood me, where he like takes off his shoes and puts on some other shoes. And, and talks about the importance of the gold standard. <laughs> and then reads me a book. Called End the Fed. <laughs> <laughs> Ron Paul's adorable. See, but here's the thing. Ron Paul is ju is also a part of the right-wing media machine, except he's like, he's in actually in government now, you know? I mean, he still writes all these books where he kind of advocates his really old school. I just want to see more of him because he's, he, he is precious. Of, he's our new Mr. Rogers. Like Mr. Rogers died and he's going to take Mr. Rogers place in the neighborhood. Well, and here's the thing. The sad thing about Ron Paul is that he is so, so right on, um, Ending the wars we have abroad, President Obama's launched several drone wars in African and Middle Eastern countries, which we'll talk about later. Ron Paul is the only Republican or Democratic presidential candidate who is saying that we have a military empire abroad that we cannot afford to pay for and that we have to draw down so we can rebuild the country. It's a shame that that has to come wrapped up in the kookiness of Ron Paul because he also wants to return to the gold standard. I'm pretty he's, sure he's Santa Claus. But he's not Santa Claus. He's the Grinch. I love him. Do you think Newt Gingrich is adorable? No. He, yeah, he's not adorable. No. I don't want to see any more of him at all. I would be happy if for the rest of my life I never heard his name or saw his face. Yeah, and you saw those clips from the debate. Yes. Did you see, like, did you see the role that Newt Gingrich has been playing? Yeah, he's basically the, the spokesperson for the Republican Party at this point. It's, again, it's, <laughs> he's become like a fucking motivational speaker for just team Republican. Yeah, he's like, Obama is stinky. Look at all these glorious people that we have up here. Any one of us would be better than him. We smell so much better. <laughs> You're, you're about to pop a boob. Again? <laughs> there you go. Sorry, I was so mad. We mentioned Newt Gingrich. I almost busted his hit. And also, Newt Gingrich has been flogging the shit out of his books. He's, these Most of these candidates have just been yes. hitting the campaign trail in order to promote well, themselves. Seth, 
Seth, of course these Republican candidates are shilling their books because if they become president, they need to get into the 1% immediately no, and become, they're going to be fucked. To become president, they have to be part of the 1%. They have to raise so much money to even participate in the political process that that's how they build up their campaign funds. That's they how they've built up their millions of dollars they and their own being money in private business. Yes, they do. They don't touch their own personal money for their campaign. Herman Cain, this is the other Herman Cain scandal beside the sexual scandal. Herman Cain has just been taking money out of his corporation, out of his corporate earnings to fundraise on his own behalf. He's been funneling money to super PACs, which are what the monster that has been created since the Supreme Court Citizens United decision in 2010. Um, it's basically a way for candidates to give unlimited corporate money to themselves or get unlimited corporate donations without the corporations having to disclose. Yeah, wait, New Gingrich is doing the same thing. Exactly. That's how Republicans are getting funded nowadays. Now, to be fair, that's also how Democrats are getting funded. But Republicans are already getting trounced. Who is funding all of these Republican primary debates? Well, that's been the unsurprising, surprising thing, which is that the mainstream corporate media rushes and slobbers at the feet of the new crop of Republicans and is so eager to get their ideas out. It took an occupation, which we'll talk about in our next episode of the podcast, for the media conversation to finally switch to jobs and finally stop giving super undue attention to the Republican debates. But they're still getting sponsored by like CNN, by... ABC, I think, right? Like, I, I think most of the major networks have sponsored at least one of the Republican debates. So many. Too many. Did we talk about brain farts? Mm. Yeah, you started with the audio. We didn't actually talk about it. You just said the headline and then said all the other right. things at the same time, which really confused me. I didn't know if you were doing a new format or if you were just phoning it in. I, I, I was trying to do with, like, an intro. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Seth has really forgotten how to do these, everybody. Much <laughs> like Rick Perry has forgotten how to speak. Much like you forgot how to speak. Much, it takes <laughs> me much scrolling to find my place. Rick Perry has brain farts, but that shouldn't be the reason that his campaign for president has been brought down. He executed and executes innocent people. For fun. And profit. And glory. From a New York Times article by Ta-Nehisi Coates, it, uh, it's called The Haunting of Rick Perry, and Ta-Nehisi Coates is an awesome, awesome author who everyone should read much of. Should Governor Rick Perry of Texas enter the 2012 presidential race, he would enjoy a strange and remarkable escort, the irrepressible ghost of Cameron Todd Willingham. Charged with the horrific crime of intentionally torching his home and leaving his three daughters to the blaze, Willingham's 1991 conviction and 2004 execution were secured by two great bugbears of America's criminal justice system, pseudoscientific forensics and the compromised testimony of a jailhouse snitch. 
The fire investigators who fingered Willingham relied on the kind of sorcery that fire scientists have tried for the past 20 years to chase from the field. The informant, for his part, claimed that Willingham had inexplicably blurted out a confession, then recanted his tale. Then, in the words of New Yorker reporter David Grann, he recanted his recantation. When Grann tracked him down in 2009, he told him, It's very possible I misunderstood what Willingham said, pausing to add, The statute of limitations has run out on perjury, hasn't it? Rick Perry was unswayed by pleas from Willingham's lawyers and rejected their request for a 30-day reprieve. Are you just going to read the whole article, or are you going to... You just need to talk about the bullet points. The bullet points are that Rick Perry would not give them 30 days or 30 day reprieve so they could, you know, gather more evidence or file for an appeal. Also, when when they there was going to be a committee going over all of this, Rick Perry changed one of the committee leaders to somebody who would just stop the committee altogether so that he could be elected. That's the important parts from that article. <laughs> they don't need to hear the whole thing. Fair enough. <laughs> I just like his writing. <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> they don't need to hear the whole article. If you want, on the, our Facebook page, you could put a link to the article so they could read it. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Instead of you know just reading it all to them because they can read. I'm sure the people that listen to us can they though. I'm pretty sure. I oh. mean, I don't want to give them any undue credit. However, I think it's safe to assume. That's probably, yeah. I think it's safe to assume that they can read. By that I mean audience? Literate. (laughs) High rates of literacy, but even more so, the ability to choose whether or not they want to read. More so than anything. Rick Perry's not only wanting to bring back torture and forgetting how to talk and executing innocent people... He's inviting the feds and helping them send drones to our southern border. And the feds are using predator drones now in Texas to investigate and to track down illegal immigrants and drug smugglers. And the first unmanned police drone is getting launched north of Houston. How long do you think it'll be until the drones over American cities are armed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm assuming it's going to be pretty soon. Pretty soon, considering you don't have to pay drones. You don't have to give drones health insurance. You don't have to give drones education. A GI Bill. You don't have to help a drone's family. Pretty soon. Robots don't have children. Drones are going to take over a large part of our military. And you got to arm them. So I mean, we'd all, we've already armed our mall cops <laughs> and our private security guards and built our private prisons. Why not just build private robotic flying cops? Well, we've also armed all of our Texans, all of them. Well, yeah, now that all the people are armed, we have to give guns to the robots as well. That's just the American way. We're eventually going to arm everything. Yeah, except for minorities. Except for minorities and and the poor. Yeah. These drones. And uh, and President Rick Perry will help do that. Oh, yes. Definitely. He's not going to help. He's going to be the first in line. He's going to make a committee. He's, you know, he's going to, he's going to personally go out and shop for the guns, for the drones. And he's going to play video games. Because in my mind, that's how, that's how Rick Perry ends every day. He just plays a lot of video games. Now, 
from Republican candidates trying to grope ladies and fuck the American economy to a story of a defensive coordinator who just wanted to rape little boys and auction them off as sexual gifts to the highest bidder. He did it all for the children. And no one said no to Jerry Sandusky. I'm just wondering how long this is going to take to become a Law & Order SVU episode. And also, who's going to play Paterno? And who's going to play Sandusky? And who's going to play McQueary? That ginger fuck. Conan O'Brien? Oh, no, it had to be somebody younger. Carrot Top? Ooh. Like, he's just as slimy. The defensive coordinator of Penn State's football team, Jerry Sandusky, was the heir apparent to legendary football coach Joe Paterno, who's one of the most, was one of the most famous college football coaches in the country. Well, he still is, but now it's, like, infamous. And fired from us. What do you mean heir apparent? That Sandusky was expected to take over the team eventually from Paterno when Paterno retired. Oh. Now they're both refired. I think that they both actually stepped down, resigned. Sandusky had not only been the assistant football coach at Penn State, he was a longtime community volunteer and the founder of a well-known charity to help troubled youth. And last Saturday, after a multi-year grand jury investigation... Sandusky was arrested on charges of sex abuse of eight minors from 1994 to 2009. And that's only eight that they know about. That's only eight who came forward, who were willing to testify. That's sick and disgusting. He used his nonprofit foundation to basically... To sex traffic. He's a sex trafficker. To sex traffic minors. He's a dirty child rapist and a sex trafficker. Eight kids and none of their... Parents stepped forward and just killed him? He hasn't killed himself? He needs to kill himself. I'm really not sure why that hasn't happened yet. A kid finally stepped up and admitted it back in 1998 and then again in 2002. But police didn't press charges. In 2002, what also happened was Mike McQuarrie, the... I don't know what he was at the time, but now he's the assistant coach... Mm-hmm. walked in on Sandusky in a shower, fucking a little boy, having sex with a 10-year-old boy in the shower. And instead of going to the cops, he went to his dad, who's a doctor. He went to his doctor dad. Doctor dad, I saw a man put his penis in the body of a 10-year-old. He was 28 years old at the time. How can we not tell anyone about this? I don't... Doctor dad. His, his doctor dad was like, well, you got to tell the coach. The, 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 you got to tell Paterno. And he's like, okay, I'll tell Paterno. Then it's off my hands. And then Paterno was like, okay, I will tell the board. And then it's off my hands. And the board was like, Sandusky, give us your keys back. You can't go in the shower anymore. Let's clarify. Let's put a fine point on that. The punishment for getting caught raping kids in the locker room was to lock him out of the locker room. Yes. What they were telling him was, you can rape kids Literally anywhere else you wish. In the hallways. Just don't go inside that room. No, I think what they were telling him is you can rape kids. That's fine. Just don't do it here. And not even in the locker room. Just like at Penn State. And it's one of those, you know that this person's raping kids. You're not going to the police. You're just saying, hey, just just not on our grounds. This could look bad for us potentially. Because isn't that really important? Isn't it more important that a sports season go on 
unabated. Like nine, nine sports seasons. This happened in 20, 2002. The reaction of the sports fans and students of Penn State has been rational and compassionate for the victims and encouraging of a full and probing quest for justice. And extremely discouraging for any child predators that have high-ranking high, high positions in the future. They will know that if you want to rape kids, you do not go to Penn State. You do not go to Pennsylvania. They do not tolerate this kind of thing. And they protested the firing of Joe Paterno. Well, they started out protesting. It quickly became rioting. There were several arrests, I believe. A news truck was overturned. These people take their football very seriously. It's a, it's a cult. Forsaking all others and forsaking child justice. Yeah, because, I, and I mean, I'm sorry, I am opposed to the fetishization of children as much as the next guy, but when you get to child rape, I, I thought there was kind of universal moral consensus that that was a kind of bad thing. Well, at least on the by that I mean podcast, we've made it perfectly clear our stance on this subject. On this very subject. Multiple times. Whether it comes to the Catholic Church or any other organization. We're against it. We're against it. And we're also against people who are against being against it. For any reason, not even to mention that the reason is sports. Of all reasons. Of all fucking reasons. Sports. To riot. The NCAA took away, stripped our titles for like three years. Made USC forfeit yes. their titles. Took away Heisman Trophy. Yeah, did they take away the Heisman Trophy? From Reggie Bush. Because the recruiters bought him an apartment. I wonder what the NCAA's stance is on child rape. Mike McQuarrie was placed on administrative leave, but hasn't been fired. Mm -mm. And the Penn State students are rioting because Paterno had to step down. Why aren't they rioting against McQuarrie not being fired? The guy witnessed. I think they're more angry at McQuarrie for what they see as like coming forward with it. For even saying that he yeah. witnessed it? Yeah. That's even more horrifying. Yeah. Like, why couldn't you keep your ginger mouth shut? Wow. Yeah. Not a really big fan of Pennsylvania at the moment. If I were to have kids one day, I would keep them away from both Vatican City, Boston, and now Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is not a place to bring, take, or leave your children. No. If anything, it's a place to run if you get pregnant to the next state or any other state. Ten-year-old. 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 Imagine you walk in on a dude raping a ten-year-old. Even if you walk out of the room, you know, because, you you know, you need to get a grasp of what you, like, even if yeah, you don't even, stop it then. Even if I don't have the mental presence to say, hey, stop raping that child, I should at least be expected as a member of the human race to call the police. Yes. To if I witness police. my if I witness my boss murdering someone. This is the era of YouTube. You take a fucking video. You take a fucking video and then you go to the cops. Even if you don't stop it then. Right. Which Has is he never seen any like procedural series whatsoever? I mean, I'm sure he has, but I guess in that case he was rooting for them 
for for the. For and the, also, do you think he would consent to Conan O'Brien playing him? I don't think job? I don't think Conan O'Brien would play him. Probably not. Like Conan O'Brien's not. really trying to like, you know, make a good name for genders. Like that one from. Yeah. Also, he would never be able to say nothing. And then Carrot Top, no, I mean he wouldn't take the part seriously. He would just be bringing out props. Yeah. Wait, or is that Gallagher? No, the Gallagher had the watermelons. Oh, okay. Top had props. Okay. Has props. All right, now. Um, let's think of another ginger that could possibly play him. Lindsay Lohan, she needs work. No, she could play McQueary. Who would play Sandusky on SVU? Mm. Ooh, Alan Alda. Alan Alda? Okay, fair enough. Who would play Paterno? What did Paterno look like? He needs dark hair. Needs old. He kind of looks like a Gromit from Wallace and Gromit. Ed Asner. <laughs> Either Walter Matthau's reanimated corpse or Ed Asner should play Paterno. Paterno's legacy is now silence in the face of kitty rape. Probably not to a lot of people. Well, too bad for those people because they're wrong. That's true. That's definitely true. Like, once, no matter what your accomplishments are, all that you have done that has mattered is refuse to stand up for completely defenseless people getting perhaps irreparably damaged and violated under the auspices and the guise of being a fucking charity. Every possible way this could be wrong, it's wrong. Yeah, every possible way. There's no, there's no right in this. There's literally no right at any level of the system. Even, even the judge, when Sandusky got tried... Set him out on a $100,000 bail because he was a volunteer at Sandusky's charity. Good Lord. These people don't give a fuck about child rape. And not only that, but like the Catholic Church, they can pay in most cases to make it go away. They can pay in most cases to make sexual harassment claims go away. So they can always deny later on that anything wrong actually happened because none of the parties involved ever admitted guilt. Penn State, the whole world is judging you right now and you are not looking very good. Why would you ever riot over sports? I, I find it so completely needless and immature and testosterone driven. Well, I mean, sports is a billion dollar fans. industry. It is a but. billion dollar industry. I, I mean, I'm not I'm not definitely not justifying their actions because they're rioting over taking a blind eye to child rape. That's what the re that's not even about sports. It's about, hey, shut up, children. I got money rioted on this game. Like, really? Are you are you right? And I mean, in Herman, just like Herman Cain's spokesman threatening taking legal action against any more women who come forward with sexual harassment charges, they think they can literally just afford to buy everyone's silence. But eventually you get to someone, and in this case it was one of these poor fucking kids, who comes forward and finally puts an end to it and breaks the silence. No, that didn't even put an end to it. It took three times. Third time was the charm, I guess. He pulled these, like some of these kids out of their high school classes. Mm. This is a sick individual. I promise, like, if he is not if he has not suicided by the end of the week, there is something wrong. Right, that's the thing. I don't think anyone else should need to kill him. He should want to kill himself. Yeah. 
Really? But if anybody, like if any of those parents, if any of those kids that he molested did kill him and I was on the jury, I would completely acquit them. It'd be like in a time to kill. I would completely acquit. I look forward to a day when there are less instances where the public needs to be outraged. Like people just start treating each other with respect. Well, but we run on outrage now. No, I mean, like, there's less murders, there's less violence, there's less... There rape. are less murders and less violence. That statistically, violent crime has plummeted in the last, like, 15 to 20 years. But people's perception is always and has consistently been that each year the country is getting more and more violent. What it really is is that those stories are so much more quickly dissected and labored over and publicized now than they were before. And also the media, of course, the corporate media, amps up the panic in order to sell news time. I don't know. I don't know. Because I know that when I worked for Crime 360, we had something like 14 murders in two weeks. That's not. I'm not saying there aren't a lot of murders, but statistically, violent crime and murders have gone way, 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 way down. I mean, define way down. There's still like a fuck ton. <laughs> yes, we're doing this now. This is becoming a day. From an article in the New York Times, steady decline in major crime baffles experts. This is by Richard A. Apple Jr. The number of violent crimes in the United States dropped significantly last year to what appeared to be the lowest rate in nearly 40 years. A development that was considered puzzling partly because it ran counter to the prevailing expectation that crime would increase during a recession. The odds of being murdered or robbed are now less than half of what they were in the early 1990s when violent crime peaked in the United States. Forcible rape, which excludes statutory rape and other sex offenses, fell 4.2% last year. Like, percentage of what? There's still a lot of violent crime out there. This doesn't mean that it just all, you know, stopped. It means it's on the decline, which is a good sign, but... Right. I'm talking about, like, the day when, like, just people stop being pigs to each other. What I look forward to is a time when people, no matter how much money they have, can't get away with or won't be compelled to stand by silently when things like this happen. Mm Mm-hmm. People shouldn't be able to pay to get away with this. Well, this is a grim note to end on. (laughs) Maybe we should end on a more positive note. It's been so many weeks since we've recorded. It has. What have we lost other than our touch? (laughs) Um, Perspective. Perspective? Okay. Um, What else? Uh, Accountability? Self-control. Humor? Fans. Fans. (laughs) Fans. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck. And the desire to get any more. Have we fully let that go? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we don't have that. We don't. I'm, have, I'm pretty sure it's out the window. The by drive, now. drive. We lost drive. Stamina. Yeah. Focus. Ooh. Wow. But well, but at least we've gotten back just a little time. Yeah. Did I already say control? Probably. Control. We definitely. Control. But you might want to throw it in again. Self-control, regular control, all the controls. What have we gained, though? What have we gained? Um, Soundproofing. We've gained soundproofing. This is true. Uh, There's now minor acoustical reinforcement in the room in the form of bass traps. 
and soon there will be oodles of black foam tiles all over my walls. And I think that's about all we gained. Oh, wait, no, MacBook Air. And we got a MacBook Air. Um, so now we don't have to read articles on my phone. Because that got very tedious and eye straining. Yes, it did. Very quickly. It did. What else have we gained? Respect for the process. For what process? The process of... It wasn't as easy as we thought it was going to be to just pick back up. I think I think it will be. I'm reaching because like we haven't really gained that much. I want to make it seem like we gained a... We lost so Can much. Can we just admit that we, we didn't so, really gain that We much? lost so much of the war that we gained. <laughs> I gained a... A healthy appreciation for... Help me um, out here, Seth. <laughs> I'm sorry to leave you dangling. <laughs> the appreciation. Just blowing in the wind. For break time. Hiatuses can be important. A healthy, healthy appreciation for break time. Okay, fair enough. We finally gained one more episode. Good. Of the By That I Mean podcast. Okay, that's a good way to end. And the kernel for the next the next episode we record will be exclusively and entirely about the Occupy movement. Maybe. We haven't really. The, <laughs> the Occupy movement, the roots of the, pro, the protests of the 99% against the 1%, namely Wall Street, um, and where it is spread and the obstacles it's encountering. Until then, I will be Seth Pearson. I will be Asia. Here's the thing. And I'm going to I'm going to say this beforehand. I don't think that if you are a part of the protest, you should tell them what goals that they should have or that they should focus on. You're either part of the problem or you're part of the solution. And we will do such things as talk about that <laughs> on the next episode. <laughs> After the gift of time. Until that snap, I am Seth Pearson. I'm Asia. By that I mean is a production of the mildly frumpy protagonist. It's recorded in the MFP studios in Los Angeles, California. You can tweet me at MFP Seth. Yes. You can you can't tweet me. I'm untweetable. Untweetable and unbeatable. <laughs> the department was energy. <laughs> That's the department that Rick Perry wanted to eliminate. It was commerce, education. Energy. So you agreed with President Obama on Libya or not? Okay, Libya. President Obama supported the uprising, correct? President Obama called for the removal of Gaddafi. Just want to make sure we're talking about the same thing before I say yes, I agreed. I, I know I didn't agree. Um, I do not agree with the way he handled it for the following reason. Um, no, that's that's a different one. Um, see, I got to go back to see. Uh, Got all this stuff twirling around in my head. Um, specifically, 
What are you asking me? Did I agree or not disagree with Obama?